this is gonna work, Steve. I know it is. Because I don't know what I'm gonna do if it doesn't. Hi everyone and welcome to Fan Splanders. My name is David. I'm Ian. And we just got back to the movies, everyone. Mm-hmm. We just came back from seeing Avengers colon Endgame. That's right. It's important to leave the colon in there. I want to keep the punctuation in there so we know exactly what we're talking about. And uh, we saw it on just before opening night. We saw it. It officially opens tomorrow. I know you're listening to this later and you're like, Wait, what? what? What's with you guys? <laughs> well, we, you know, this is the timing of podcasts. Yep. But we're seeing it the Thursday before the Friday that it officially opens in North America because that's how movies work nowadays. Well, we used a quantum time tunnel to uh, find our way go. there. Now, I, I'll start off by saying the biggest travesty of the film is that uh, David ordered some french fries at the movie theater <laughs> and they did not give him ketchup and by the yeah. end of the movie which was three hours and two minutes long yes those french fries were cold and uneaten that's true without ketchup what is the point point? and uh, for that reason I give the movie zero stars out of five uh, no I was fine it was okay I, I understood they were they were under they were they were uh, overrun. They were way overwhelmed. They were. <laughs> we went to see it in a, the VIP uh, venue uh, or section of the movie theater, which you know, uh, there's. Uh, it tries to be fancier than it, it is. It tries to be fancy. It tries to be you know. It's got a lounge. It's like why not relax in the lounge? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you can't get our food in time, sure. and we're all going to have to run with our food into the theater and what mm-hmm. have you. But it was. Listen, I'll just say this, reviewing the theater itself, comfortable. Mm. We had reclining seats. Yep. You found out that they were also heatable seats. Yes. Pretty great. And you could actually, so you could just like get your popcorn unpopped, put it in your heated seat. <laughs> put it in your lap. And by the end of the movie, yeah. you'll have a nice uh, full thing of popcorn. Mm, for sure. It took me quite a while actually during the, of watching the movie to figure out how to make the seat recline though. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I finally figured it out. I was looking at, at you all. <laughs> Because for some, what happened was when we, when we, when we, the tickets were bought, yeah. there was someone who had bought t- seats in between us. So there was three of us, two empty seats, because the people who actually had those seats didn't show up, and then right. two more of us. And I was looking down at you, at you three, and you all were reclined back, <laughs> it looked so comfortable. And I was in this sort of upright chair, and I was like, well, this, how? And I was looking at this <laughs> side seat thing and pushing buttons at random and nothing was going on because apparently you have to hold it for a while in order sure, to actually yeah. have the, the reclining part start. And then I finally figured it out and I was able to also to, to help uh, the person sitting beside me as well. Who was our friend uh, Nina. For, Nina was there. And so I, re- I reached over and said, let me help you. And I pushed on the uh, button. And it just immediately went, <laughs> and, it ejected uh, her into snapped the, her in two. That's right. ejected her into the ceiling. Yep. Uh, wrong button, I said after that. So, uh, this movie is, let me see. It's, it says here, uh, that it is, uh, I'm trying to see. It's a tw- 22nd film in, uh, the Marvel uh, okay. universe. So the okay. f- uh, first one being Iron Man. Yes. And 22 sounds insane that there's been that many movies. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it sound crackers that there's been does. that many? It does. It seems as if they found some sort of magical way to, keep pumping these out and we don't feel like it's overwhelming us or that it's boring or that we don't need any more of these films, which kind of happened almost right away with Star Wars, for instance, when they, 
I think everyone was on board with every couple of years uh, a retelling of the main story, mm-hmm. but weren't on board with the yearly in between that um, giving us these sort of uh, unnecessary back stories and things like that. Yeah, and maybe that's the magic of of the Marvel is that in a in a way in the best way you can with a movie, and it's not perfect with the movies. They're as close as they can to sort of sequential storytelling. Yeah, if you were in a comic book way, if you were to do it yeah. like they do it for Star Wars, what we'd be doing is basically every movie would be retelling a detail from Iron Man the first movie. Yeah, because they'd be going, it. "What was Happy doing yeah, yeah. when Iron Man mm-hmm. was in the cave?" Sure, that's right. Yeah. Let's just really get deep into how, that. And what was how Happy's, did they make that swarma? That's right. And what was Happy's dad like? Well, let's just find out what that was. Why did he call yeah. him Happy? Yeah. Why she called Pepper? <laughs> let's have a movie finding that out. Yes, and uh, yeah. no, instead they keep changing the genre kind of up even mm. though it's uh you know it's mm-hmm. it's a, they're all fantasy films yes um some some i would Clearly. not even count as super superhero films like a guardians of the galaxy is not a superhero film no it's not a superhero film but it all film. uh you know uh ties into the same universe mm-hmm. and they keep changing mm-hmm. it up and i also think that because they're uh so funny most of them yes. that buys a lot of goodwill uh, them not taking themselves too seriously. Yes, uh, and that's I think they've got helped, good yeah. heart as well, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So, yeah. you yeah. know, good on them. But what did you think in general? Let's just go general and then we'll get specific about uh, the movie. Did you, uh, did you fancy it? I really enjoyed two thirds of it. Okay. And what, what of the two thirds? What was that? The first third, the middle? Yeah, uh, the first third. Uh, because I think the way they planned it is, is that, you were supposed to watch Infinity Wars and then right away watch watch Endgame. Okay. And so you'll feel like the it the that what would be the fourth act, the beginning of Endgame, won't feel so quite so slow and trying to get started feeling. Like to me the movie didn't kick into gear until they started the time traveling part of it. Okay. And then I was all I was all on board. Before that I was kinda like, Oh, this is good. Oh, this is taking a long time to get places. Oh, okay. Yeah, our friend. What's now? Our friend. First of all, I'll say I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, oh yeah, our, I like- our, our friend Nina uh, said she she purposely didn't watch any trailers. Yeah. So she wanted to go in cold. Sure. And they did what I th- what they normally do, which I which I like is the yeah. trailers don't reveal anything really about mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. If you've seen trailers, even if you've seen cut scenes. Uh, they're all in the first like five to ten minutes of the film, mm. and uh, and then it does go in a completely different direction, yeah. and yeah. that's great. Even the uh, even the the end credit sequence of Captain Marvel, where it appears like she's doing something that's related to Avengers Endgame, there's no scene like it or even related to it in the film. Actually, there's no way to explain how that scene would work because her arrival is completely different than how it how it is in 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 the end of captain marvel hmm that is a good point yeah i was reading i was reading today actually when she shot that last scene first of all they gave her a dummy script as they often do okay uh mark ruffalo talked about how many of the scenes that he got for this film uh were dummy scenes meaning they're not they're not okay. real but okay. he still had to like you know oh, learn them over. And... yeah oh, and then they God. were not always like scenes that he was in so he didn't oh, okay. memorize for uh, everything okay okay uh but like, so she shows up and they go, uh, okay, we'll toss that away because we're not doing that. Uh, basically, <laughs> you're going to say this one line. Yeah. She says the, she says the one line, which is like, you know, where's, where's Nick Fury? Yeah. And, uh, she didn't know, is Nick Fury in the room? Yeah. Is he going to walk in? Yeah. Is, uh, who am I talking to? She doesn't know. It's a green, it's a green screen. She's oh. talking to nobody. Oh, so she wasn't even there with, with nope. Captain America nope. and uh, Black Just Widow. Ca- nope. They mm. shot, they shot it all individually. Mm. And then, 
uh, yeah, they put it all together later and say, ah, that's what that's all about. Yeah, yeah. But you, you're right. It would be interesting. I, I'm not quite sure where that end scene could fit into this. Into Because, yeah, she arrives in a completely different way. And she's carrying a spaceship down onto the lawn of the Avengers. You know what? No, actually, I do see how it would work. Okay. So, like, one of the very first, first scenes that you get in the movie is, uh, and if you have seen the trailer, then you've seen the scene where it's Tony Stark leaving a message but, to... Well, this is a spoiler podcast, so it's okay if we spoil... Yeah, totally. Every movie that's ever existed. Uh, Pepper, Pepper Potts, uh, leaving a message for her. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, his ship is adrift. He's in the, um, I think it's the Tomei. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So you think that she came? Yeah, she came through. down to. She came, here's what I think happened. She came down to Earth. Yeah. Said, "Where's Nick Fury?" Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then was told half of uh, existence is gone. Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, so what's going on? Well, Tony went up into space to this planet. Mm. Okay, I'll go get him. That's why she went to pick okay. him up. Okay. And br- and brought him back. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not really explained, ex- but yeah. You know. Sure. Whatever. Why else would she? She's not just. But they seem really surprised it. when she comes. Well, she I think she, I think they're surprised because it's pretty amazing seeing a human being, uh, t- uh you know, towing a spaceship, mm. and she's just an amazing okay. person to watch. Yeah. So you know, it's pretty spectacular. Sure. And there you go. You're you're seeing you're seeing that all gone. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So um, they we we start off with uh them going where you think they'd go, which is like let's get the Infinity Stones from Thanos and uh, let's uh, bring everyone back. And it's like, that sounds like a plan. Let's go kick his ass. Yeah, yeah. You know, here we go. Mm-hmm. All righty, here we're going. I, and they go and they find him. Yeah. And it's like, okay, here it comes. Yeah, and they was, kick his ass. Yeah. And they kill him. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. It because just... he's already made the stones go away. <laughs> and yeah. now everyone is super screwed. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And then they up the stakes even more by saying now it's five years later and we're going to see what, uh, what the world is like. Yeah. And I thought that was really well done because not only is the world, not only is the world empty of half, of half of humanity. So it's much harder for what's left to run a world that was built around having this many people, you know, that many people on it originally. Now you've reduced that amount to such a point that, you know, who's doing the things that you need, you know, like, you know, so that it has like a stadium that's empty, you know, this is derelict, a baseball stadium is derelict because there's not enough people to, uh, fund, you know, sports teams because you, you don't have the, you don't have the people, you don't have the attend, attendance to, and you don't have the players. You don't have like the, yep. the pool of talent. You don't have enough people to, run you know government you don't have enough people to run business you don't have enough people to keep infrastructure working it's very it's very realistic and how they how they and everyone it. is in mourning yes and also just yeah the fact that everyone is in this kind of post-traumatic stress yeah uh, i'm now i'm actually situation. realizing something because one of the first scenes you see then with the uh five years later is uh, Steve Rogers is leading a group, yeah, a therapy group. That's right. Yeah, and uh, for people who basically have PTSD because mm-hmm. of all this. And yeah. I was thinking about that because when we when he first met the Falcon, uh, Sam Wilson. Yes, I know their names. How dare you uh, call me a nerd? Uh, he was leading uh, a PTSD uh, support group. For veterans. That's right. But now Sam's gone. Mm. So it feels like Steve took over his job. And, uh, this is, you know, and it's something I, something I like. I liked it in The Incredibles and I like it here where you have someone who's a superhero. Yeah. Uh, but doing stuff, uh, in real life that is also what is needed. Yeah. So these people need someone and Steve's there for them at a nice kind of uh, ground level. And that's, by the way, where you see a cameo by Jim Starlin. 
uh, creator of Thanos. Oh, is that right? He's uh, one of the uh, one of the attendees. Yeah, at he this also meeting. created Dra- uh, Drax. And... I shouldn't say his name because this, be this meeting should be anonymous. <laughs> oh, that's no. I think they're fine. Okay, <laughs> I've, uh, uh, I've had a very nice uh, couple of dinners with that man. That's nice. Really, yeah. That's great. Well, it's good that you recognized him. Um, I mean, I just want to clarify when I said it was a good two thirds movie. What I what I should say that I enjoyed the entire film. I just felt like it wasn't like a uh, bang and start to the movie. Like it starts, yeah. it has a very slow kind of measured start, and then and then the movie kicks into full gear. Yeah. in the second it act, it feels you know? like you know, but that's okay it feels because like you need starting that. with a kick ass. Let's go. Get yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And it's like that's not how this works. No, no, no. I really so I yeah. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't I didn't enjoy that. I did. I really liked the movie a lot. I thought it was a, a really great film. And I thought that in every way this was like the equal to Infinity Wars, which I I enjoyed so much. And when I say that, I just feel like it's it feels like it was designed to work as a, a whole, those two films together, rather than this film kind of as a standalone. You really need to have both films to have to get the flow of why the first act of this film works the way it does. But at the same time, it has you know funny sequences and things like that to kind of keep keep it ticking along. You gonna add something? Uh, I was going. To, I was just uh, writing down. Um, some stuff that I've now forgotten. Okay, because, sorry, because okay. I interrupted you a little sorry, bit. Sorry yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> no, it's just when I was speaking and you had to kind of smile, and I, just I did. Thought, oh, you have something to say? It so. was a very interesting thing. Oh, and, and it I, is now gone, and I that's have, absolutely fine. I've broken. No, here was here was the thing. Like you mentioned that. Uh, okay, so you have the first. Uh, you think it's going to be like a revenge plot? Mm-hmm. Go get them. So nope, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's great. Uh, then one of the next things you see is uh, you know Ant Man comes back from the quantum realm, which they set up in the the last Ant Man movie. Sure, time moves differently there, and so basically you know because we want this uh, podcast to not be uh, six hours, we'll just get <laughs> on with it. Uh, they just he he plans a time uh, travel kind of heist of which is what ant-man does he's yes, a thief he's a thief so i thought that, that totally was great works. yeah i like I that, that he really related it to like a heist yeah everyone does the thing that they do mm-hmm. the scientists do science stuff yeah soldier does planning and stuff and uh yeah he's like we're gonna go steal these uh these jewels yeah he's a jewel thief so yeah it actually does kind of work yeah well he's not really a jewel thief but the would be it's a thing um <laughs> but one of the things that i i really liked was uh when you saw that Tony and Pepper have a daughter, yeah, the obvious thing that you do in a movie like this is, okay, we're going to go back in time. But hey, if you go back in time and you change the past, your daughter's not going to exist anymore. So you're thinking that's going to be the big ethical conflict. What are you going to do? Are you going to lose your family in order to give? We didn't mention the Hawkeye loses his family off the very top, which is really that was very affecting. Very affecting, yeah. yeah. Um, but like that's going to be the ethical choice he's going to have to make. Mm-hmm. But what I like is at almost every step of the way where you think I get where this is going, they go nah, we're not doing that because <laughs> that's what you expect. Yeah, nah, we're not doing yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of break down. You know, no, no, all time travel movies are wrong. Yeah. You can't go back and change the past because if you did, then you wouldn't have gone back. Yeah. yeah. So no, 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 that's all nonsense. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad, it's good that they recognize the par- the time travel paradox there and, and, and just immediately erased it. And yeah. just went, no, we're going to go back to the past. But so what's the limit? What's the, what's the restriction? The restriction is we only have one shot at this. Yes. And if you don't get it the one time, mm-hmm. we're all screwed and, and nothing will And work. then also everything has to be put back. 
everything has to be put back to where it was at the moment we took them. Well, that was the nice thing. That came a little bit later, mm-hmm. which was you had uh, the Ancient One from yes. Doctor Strange. Uh, again, it was really nice use of cameos of uh, past really, characters. Yes, it's yes. a love letter to all the previous movies. <laughs> but uh, she she says, you know, that, hey, if you take the jewels from our world and take them to your world, your world's great and ours is screwed. Yeah. And she's right. Because, like, if you take the time jewel... Then, you know, uh, evil forces that were beaten by the time stone, yeah. uh, will now take over the world and the world will be destroyed. So, no. I was like, that is a good point. Fair <laughs> enough. So, okay, listen, we're going to have to return these stones later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, good. It's, uh, it almost feels like environmentally friendly. Yes. Uh, leave no trace. Yeah. So yeah. that, uh, you know, they're not that bad thieves. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to go back. Yeah. So, uh, where are the characters at uh, five years later? We've mentioned that uh, Tony is married to uh, Pepper. I think we think they're married. I assume their wedding probably still went on, uh, because but they do have a daughter. Yes. And her name is Morgan, as was predicted in the last film, <laughs> and she's very sweet. Yes. And the other characters, unlike Tony, though, the other characters have not moved on. So we have like Natasha. We have Black Widow, kind of stuck, still being an Avenger, still, t- you know trying to and it feels like they the problems they're trying to solve are they're they're sort of uh, not that they're beyond them but that they're they're like not that important but they just they still want to be avengers so yeah. there's they know they're trying to watch over the whole world they're doing what they can yeah but at the same time they're kind of superfluous to requirements because the world is barely working as it is let alone do you know let alone the rest of the universe it's unlikely they're going to have intergalactic invasions happening because everywhere else in the universe has lost 50% it's all messed of its up pocket. Too, it's all yeah. a mess, yeah. Everything's kind of on hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Banner is now kind of merged with the Hulk. He's kind of half That was half. really good. That was really good. I really I really like that. And and Mark Ruffalo does such, such a great job as Bruce Banner and the Hulk. That it's just, uh, yeah. And what's nice about the Hulk, I mean, this movie really, in so many ways, gets to have its cake and eat it too. You know, because it, or eat its cake and have it too, if you prefer the original because there's parallel universes and you can have mm-hmm. two cakes. Yeah. As long as you replace that one cake exactly. later on. Because the movie, you know, it, it has it has the fizzle of them trying to, you know, have the revenge on Thanos. But because of the time element of the movie, they can have their revenge on Thanos. We can have this kind of new Hulk, who's this kind of combination of the Hulk and Bruce Banner's personality. But we can also have, because of the time travel element, we can also have funny old Hulk. Uh, and so it really you know uses this uses the time thing really well to give us elements of the avengers that we remember and love but also to ha- also have the new twist of the what what they've become which i really like that that aspect of it they really use the time part of the film super well especially in yeah. the third act where you know and what's and before i go on i sure. just want to say one of my biggest complaints about marvel films or any m- modern movie is the overabundance of cgi and what i really liked about this movie was that a big part of the climax of the film was a kind of one-on-one fight between characters and 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 you know time travel Thanos. So you got you know it wasn't all just some giant. It became a giant CGI battle and you know okay whatever. But you know we did have the emotional fight of the characters that you love and you don't want to see get hurt fighting and getting hurt. You know and so that was good. 
you know, then it gets into a big giant battle sequence where it's just chaos and it's hard to tell what's happening. Yeah, and if you and, and luckily we did see it in 2D. I think if we saw it in 3D, you would have no idea what was going on. It's been <laughs> yeah, way too dark. Yeah. It's a very dark movie. It was like, very dark. Yeah, it's that's very, true. That very sequence dark. was, and I mean, it, understandably, because it's a dramatic sequence and the world's under attack, and so you need to be gloomy. And you know, it would be weird if it was in a sunny field uh, again. I mean, they did that in the last movie with the attack on, on Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And that's true we have already seen yeah. the sunny battle and so we have the and so it's kind of a weird combination of the first film where it ends very badly and it's all in the light and then we have this film where it ends well but it's all in the dark mm-hmm. so it's kind of a kind of a weird shift in, in how you uh the light in the dark and i'll know. say like as uh something that the marvel movies do uh and i've said this a, a bunch of times is they do something uh they, they make something work that should not work uh-huh and in this case, it's how are you going to solve your problem? We're going to have, uh, we're going to use time travel to go back and fix things. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't work at all. That should be cheap. Yes. We've seen so many time travel movies. Yes. Uh, ugh, that just sounds like, that sounds the worst. It sounds, it, it does. It just sounds like lazy writing. Uh, what are you going to do? But they and, do the smart thing, which is to undercut our objections by, by what we mentioned before, men- talking about the paradox of time travel, and also then mentioning every time travel movie that's yes. ever been made, basically. <laughs> yes, and and I like that because it's it's saying to the audience, we know you're as smart as we are. Yeah, you've seen all this too. Yeah, it just feels like so not condescending. It's mm-hmm. just like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we get where you're going. We're gonna have to be. We're gonna have to give you a little something extra. Mm-hmm. We get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they do go into a Back to the Future situation. Where I mean, Back to the Future Two was the first film I remember where you would see scenes from a previous movie, but from another angle. Okay, and they do do that, so you'll yeah. see scenes from the first Avengers movie, but like from uh, from an alley, or you'll see the uh, scene where uh, they're all like facing Loki. Yes, uh, after he's defeated, mm-hmm. but they're but they're behind him, and you yeah. get the behind shot, yeah. or you're seeing you know the Hulk from a different angle. Sure, and it's it's fun. It shouldn't work. Yeah. That should be really cheeseball. That should take you completely out sure. of things. It's fan service at its most base level, but uh, but it works and but it's the, great. But they also cleverly have like mirror sequences. So we have a we have a basically a duplicate of Captain America's ride in the elevator with mm-hmm. with the Hydra agents you know in a very tense sequence but because of his knowledge of the of the past he's able to he's able to uh diffuse the situation in a very around, smart way very yeah smart you think way. like we're yeah. going to have that parallel and then it's yeah. like nope then he runs into his uh his double from the past mm. and uh is just annoyed by his own yeah. uh his you own know personality yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay yeah because yeah. this is definitely I could, Captain I could America do this all day yeah i can do this all day i know yeah. <laughs> it's just great yeah i was a little disappointed that he didn't say that when he got up off the ground to face thanos again and so they had like all the the kind of Doctor Strange portal. No, they play. They played that beat now yeah. with that. There's only so many times. I do like him admiring his own ass. That yes, was that, that was, was good, pretty yeah. good. Again, that shouldn't work. That should 100 percent take you out of the movie. Mm, That's I guess. really super cheesy. Yeah, but there's enough uh, to it. There's that, enough cheese in these films that we don't. Yeah. We and don't that's mind a such a comic more. booky scene mm-hmm. to have you, your past self, and your yeah. present self have to fight, but you're too evenly matched. Yeah, you throw your shields and what have you. Well, that's one of the things that Marvel films have over the DC films is an unembarrassment of of their origins. 
you know, the DC films tend to be overly serious mm-hmm. and take themselves too seriously. Or the TV shows, uh, you know, at least the Keep streaming ones uh, have to, well, uh, the streaming ones will have to say, you know, fuck for, uh, you know, over and over again. Okay, yeah. You know, just yeah. to go, because, you know, yeah. come on, we're cool. Comics just aren't for kids anymore. That's right. So Biff, fuck, Bam, Pow. fuck Batman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And whereas the Marvel films are like, no, our movie, our comics have been a combination of high melodrama and low wit, you know, and that's been our thing. The quip, the, the, the funny fighting characters like Spider-Man and who, you know, and they've basically taken Spider-Man's character and given him to everyone. So mm-hmm. all the characters now are these sort of quip machines, which, you know, can go back. I'm kind of go back and forth on it. Some, sometimes I think it undercuts the, dr- the drama in some of the films. But at the same time, it also kind of keeps the movies from becoming overbalanced into too much seriousness, you know, because these, this, these films have a lot, and this, this film has a lot of tragedy. Like, it's really interesting that it, it sacrifices some really important characters to the, to the, to the storyline and in a way that doesn't feel cheap, but in a way that feels earned, you know, the death of, of Black Widow to get the soul stone. You know, her fight with, with, uh, Cliff, with Hawkeye over who should sacrifice themselves. That's a, that was a great sequence. And you're not, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of jumping ahead, but why not? We'll jump all over well, the place. Uh, yeah. Cause it's a time travel movie. So you can jump all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. And you're not sure when uh, there is the sacrifice scene, which one it'll be. Cause both would Bo- be legitimate. Both would be, both would miss the other. And so each, well, but, oh, but for both, each of them, it's a sacrifice. Cause it has to be a sacrifice for the person but you who's, all, who okay, lives. Okay. So dramatically, that's true. But yeah. also practically, there's times where you go like, well, this person has a movie coming up. So it's not going to be them. Yeah. I know that much. Okay. And you're like, you know, there's a Black Widow movie coming up. Well, not going to be her. Wait, it could be her. Hold it. Isn't there a Hawkeye TV series coming up? Well, it can't be him. Wait, who could it be? And it really could have been either one of them going yeah. over that cliff. Yeah. For sure. And uh, yeah, the way they play it, it's, it's great. Mm. Yeah, really, really well done. I also like that, um, you know, they wrapped up the Civil War uh, storyline with uh, with Captain America and Iron Man, uh, you know, with, uh, with Tony Stark giving him his shield back. Okay. You know, after okay. they had their bad breakup. You know where he took the shield away. Well, they have a bad breakup at the beginning of the film as well. Not as bad as the as Civil War, though. Uh, yeah, Civil Civil of... War was you know learning that Bucky killed you know uh, Tony Stark's dad. Yeah, that was silly. Was it silly? Yeah, I didn't really think much of that part of the movie. Okay, um, just because he's under he's un, he's under someone else's control. It's not him killing. The yeah, father. it's him as a tool. It's like it'd be like Tony Stark getting mad at a gun laying on the floor because it because it was used to shoot someone. Well, like, if there was the gun that shot your father, and then you know someone's best friends with that gun, you know, and then hanging out with that gun, it's like no, I don't, he's got. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not logic. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's not, not logic. Yeah. But it's emotion, yeah. and it was actually it wasn't that he killed his father. Sorry, I'm. I'm killed I'm, his mother. Yeah. That was the thing. And you think it's that uh, he's upset that he killed his father, which yeah. who's had all these issues with, but no, mm-hmm. it was his mother. Yeah, yeah. That was what uh, what what broke his heart, mm-hmm. and he didn't care. Yeah, that yeah. it was logical, whatever. He just he just wanted vengeance on that. Yeah. So it was nice that uh, we got them coming back together. And yeah, it wasn't immediate. Mm. That was it. Wasn't just like friends again, friends. No, it was it <laughs> no, was a no. long time coming. It was five but, years. Yeah, and by the time that he gives him the shield, yeah, it's. It's touching, yeah. and it uh, it uh, it matters. It's mm. it's good, um, but yeah. Then we then we get into the time travel plot, which uh, touches on first of all, as we said, the uh, the first Avengers movie. Yes. Um. So we get to see, uh, you know, them trying to get uh the 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 mind. Well, let's stone also let's also the... mention that Thor is uh, has changed quite a bit. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about how Thor is. 
Thor is clearly suffering from a sense of, uh, I guess, being defeated. Being a failure is overwhelmed him. Right. The last time and we saw Thor, he had a speech with Rocket yeah. talking about all the loss that was in his life. Yeah. And uh, and and how he couldn't be hurt anymore. Yeah. And he was lying to himself. Sure. And Rocket could tell this. Yeah. And yeah. so he's 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 like lost. He's, it. he's turned into the big Lebowski, basically. In he's, fact, he's called that. Uh, by Tony at oh, okay. one point. Tony just goes Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just drinking in New Asgard, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, with his, uh, with his friends from, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yes. They're there. They're playing yeah. video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, having fights with online trolls. And basically. Oh, he is fighting trolls. Yeah. And he's basi- fighting trolls online. I yeah. didn't even pick up on that, there but that's go. great. And, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so. It's yes, he's come down in the world, and he's also lost all his 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 physique has fallen. He's now yeah. he's overweight. He's drinking too much. He's he's basically just sort of let himself go yeah. in a way that makes it gives him self excuses for what he, why he can't do what he needs to do, and he gets dragged out of that into this battle, and he's not ready for it at any time. Mm-hmm. So we have you're right. We have the Avengers sequence. Then we have the we have a Thor sequence where he goes back to Asgard as it was once was before in Thor two before it was destroyed by Hela. Sees his mother, and he just can't handle the emotions, the you know the fear of what's happening. And uh, he, he and Rocket are doing this, and yeah, it's a great sequence. Rocket and him are a really good partnership. A really good partnership. I like their I like their the way they play off of each other. It was really really good in um. I should say most of it was really good in, in uh, Civil or not Civil War, sorry, in uh, Infinity Wars. Uh, I have to admit, I did fall asleep when I was watching it a little while ago uh, during that sequence of the movie. So apparently, I wasn't totally thrilled by it, but I do like their I do like their their partnership. I think they they have a good kind of back and forth, you know. And yeah, they're a good comedy team and a good tragedy team. And we have a good bit of heart in that scene as well, where he talks to his mother and he can discuss his fear and his failure. And she just seems to know that he's not who he, he's not Thor, he's old, he's a new Thor, he's a different Thor from yeah. a different time. And she can sense that, and she's there for him, though, still. Yeah, she still loves him and doesn't want to know what her future is. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not important to that's, her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's very accepting of uh, of her fate. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice, because they're going to what is considered, like, probably one of the worst of the, uh, of the Marvel movies, which I still didn't mind it totally, but, you know, Thor 2... And, uh, and, and yeah, you just like make, making it, making it work. Yeah. That shouldn't yeah. work. Why are we going back to Thor too? No one wants that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they Do, get that you get it and here we go. Can I ask a question? Is the, is the evil elf thingy, is there one of them who works with Thanos? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I just thought it looked a similar design or whatever. Maybe it is a similar design. Oh, well, there is one that looks like an elf. Oh, You're okay. right. Okay. But uh, I don't think he's an elf. Oh, okay. No, okay. but he does have the pointy ears. He looks very green goblin-y. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, Thor goes to Thor 2, basically. Uh, uh, Nebula and uh, Nebula and War Machine uh, go to Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians yes. of the Galaxy movie, to get the Power Stone from the opening sequence. And mm-hmm. there's a very funny scene where you see uh, Quill dancing to yes. the opening uh, song, but then you see it from the real-life perspective of him just singing out loud yeah, and with, what that with, would look with like. With headphones on. And, yeah. Yeah. and then just yeah. getting clocked in the mush. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. By Nebula, yeah. And by the way, Karen Gillan does a great job as Nebula. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how much heart she brings to a role that's basically like played with a through a mask. 
That's true. You yeah. know, like she's not a lot, not a lot of facial features for her to to convey, you know, convey emotion and stuff like that. But she really, through her body and and uh, her voice, she really. Yeah, she is. She is the uh, the. She has the redemption arc through through all these mm-hmm. movies for the most she part, does. going from villain to villain to uh, to hero and uh, being damaged along the way, literally. But, but once and again, emotionally. Cake and Eat It too. She also is a villain. Yeah, she gets to play a past version of herself. She gets to do. She gets to do both in this film, which is a nice, juicy role. So I'm glad she got to do that. The only technical thing I wonder about was when they were robbing the, um, I guess, the Power Stone. Uh, shouldn't uh, shouldn't those two uh, people burst in like they burst in in the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy? You know, who didn't recognize Quill? And well, well no, uh, because they would be they would arrive later. Like well, they they beat them there. The same way that Quill was a little ahead of them as well. Right. But doesn't go in the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy. Quill does his little dance. Yeah. Goes to get the, get the stone. Oh, that's right. And then, they, uh, like, immediately yeah, yeah. they burst in on them. Mm, it mm. feels like he, that, that actor should have, like, come in again yeah. and then gotten, uh, beaten up by, uh, those two instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. War Machine left quite quickly, but yeah. So. Yeah. I did like as well that War Machine, while entering it, again, knowing and having seen Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark, just went spikes come out of the wall yeah, and skeletons. That's here. right. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Everyone's, everyone's on board. Everyone's seen movies in this. They, sure. Sure. They know, they yeah, know, they they're know. They're already, they already understand how time travel works. So they've seen Back to the Future. Yeah. And it is a movie that assumes that you have seen previous Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that, uh, uh, assumes that you're on yeah. board with this. Yeah. And that's a tough thing for a lot of films to do. Most films, have to make themselves more generally acceptable but these films are so popular that they can go look you're gonna get it you'll see what we're yeah, doing here yeah so uh so yeah they're yeah, it's, uh, these movies are are for hardcore and while they're in uh, guardians of the galaxy they're at the same timeline as uh as uh, the first guardians of the galaxy uh black widow and hawkeye go to as you say that uh, planet whose name i forget to get the soul stone where you have to more, sacrifice more viewers, man, yeah sacrifice something you yeah. love Mm-hmm. Uh, to get uh, now, here's where I had a little problem with that, which was in the in the last film. Yeah, it was like you've got to sacrifice something you love. Yeah, but uh, they sacrifice. They try to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, you know, uh, which which doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't be, really. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Doesn't go really with the rules. Yeah, though. Um, you know, Hawkeye yeah. lets her go, but she doesn't want. She doesn't want to, but he does. So I guess. Well, no, she wants. She wants him to let her go. I understand that, uh, but, but he's he loves he loves her. Yeah, uh, he does not want to 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 let her go. No, that's then, the one part of the film where it d- didn't really work because she actually does kick herself free of him because he yeah. cannot let her go, and that's yeah, that's against that's sort of against the rules. Like in in yeah in the in the first film. Thanos does not want to kill Gamora because he loves his daughter, despite his, you know, his in every other way being a horrible person. He does love Gamora and he and he kills her because he has to as part of his fact that he's a cruel tyrant and a monster. So he kills her and it hurts him to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas in this film, it hurts Clint that she's dead, but he didn't he didn't really have a hand in it. You know, so the movie really should have forced him to have to have to let go of her and let her drop and he makes he ends her life so that's the only way it can work you have mm-hmm. to sacrifice who you love so you like have to let her go i like that he also really did set it up that it was time for him to die because he had uh, become so uh 
consumed by vengeance yeah and he was like now killing people yes, that's right. uh and uh you know it's his soul was so corrupt uh at this point but then she doesn't didn't judge him yeah uh, because he didn't judge her back yeah. when she was a murderer yeah um and her whole goal uh, in the first Avengers movie was saying that she's got red in her ledger. Yeah. And she's got to basically pay for the sins of her past. Sure. And perhaps this was, this was, you know, she, she, she sacrificed herself for, for others. And maybe that's in her mind was, was all right. I, I mean, she is a hero, so she would do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But it does, if, you, if you're looking at fulfilling character arcs, yeah. uh, she does fulfill the character arc of kind of paying for the sins yeah. of her past. But she doesn't, but they break the rules of the, the established rules of how you get the soul stone. Mm-hmm. So oh, but she also, the other thing gaff. that's good is she, that she does forgive someone for doing the same thing that she did. That's, that's kind of an important thing I feel mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's kind of like, you know, says, says, you know, still worthy of, you know, love and acceptance and being who they are. And that's a big thing in the Marvel movies as well, especially in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That was Rocket's thing was thinking he was beyond redemption and he was not. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. This, the films have, and I mean, it's, there's two people who wrote this movie apparently, but I feel like there are more hands in it than oh my just gosh. two people. Yeah. There's no way, but that, not in a yeah. way that, not in a way that like the DC movies feel like, there's too many hands in it because they keep changing the the characters and stuff like that. So you end up with these sort of disjointed characters or weird tonal changes in the movie. These movies are much smoother. So you feel like there is an overarching team or whatever who are kind of overseeing it all. But there's obviously a lot of hands are involved in this, making sure that these various plot points get touched upon and, right. and these things work. And you can when then when you watch, see the credits, you see that... You know, James Gunn's in the credits, that John Favreau's in the credits. So you know that these people are coming in and, and putting in their kind of two cents on how they see the, the characters that they've developed, how they see their arcs working. Yeah, if not having laid the pipe in their films yeah. for the things that are delivered on also – because you would have to have uh, James Gunn because they have scenes from Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. So sure. like he wrote the scene that you're now yeah altering. So yeah, exactly. of course you would have to do that. But I but I also mean like you know they have to also talk to him though because he's going to be doing Guardian Guardians of the Galaxy three and you know they th- through the time travel thing they do a really great thing though with 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 Nebula and the time travel element which is that she because of the fact that she's mostly machine. She is part of a, a mainframe and she, and when she, when her future self goes back to the past, she is sharing the mainframe with her past self. Yeah. Which no other character has to deal with but her. And that, and Thanos, you know, they, they discover that this is happening when, when she, when she glitches after an injury. And then of course, poor Nebula once again tortured on a table. So in order to get in from air, get, you know, to, and so we get, so now we get a replacement for, uh, so we also have Gamora as part of this. We, we have live, like a, a past Gamora who's alive. And we have this past a nebula. And the movie, so they're making this big change where they, they do kill off the, the, the evil ne- nebula. Spoilers, everyone. But they introduce this new, this old Gamora into the story. So now we have this different Gamora who doesn't, hasn't experienced what her character mm-hmm. had before. She has no feelings for Quill. She is not necessarily good because she hasn't gone through these changes, these experiences of the first, first and second film that opened her character up so much. So 
James Gunn has to be a part of this, though. He has to know that these are changes that his movie's going to have to deal with, mm-hmm. and that he's part of it, and that he's on board with it, and maybe even thought of it and added it to to the to the pool of ideas that the script was, you know, the stew of ideas, and so that you know it has to be. That was me whistling. The it has to be. Um, you know, I think I just feel like it has to be agreed upon because. You know, you just can't have this movie sort of make these major decisions on characters and then throw them back into the director's laps and say, good luck, you know, here you go, have fun with it, you know. Yes, the character's trapped in a in a box that has one second to live and without, and there's, because there's no air in it. Okay, have fun, see ya. You know, so I, I just feel like, you know, that many hands, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like many hands. It feels like a unified, and all the movies have this going for them as well. There's a, like a feel of each movie has sort of a unified feeling to it. It doesn't feel broken up. Right. And no one, you know, someone came in and they wrote some funny stuff and then someone came in afterwards and wrote some violent stuff and then someone came in later on and they wrote some dramatic stuff. It's, you know, real tearjerker stuff and then they just kind of splumped it together and now that's a movie. But no, they just keep everything working, you know, and the scenes build up and they pay off, you know, because they've set it up earlier when it happens, it, it's earned, you know, and that's what I really appreciate about the Marvel films is all of their the, all the melodrama is earned. The humor is earned. You know, they, they make sure that, you know, it's not just cheap. You, you know, you don't just kind of go, huh? Yeah. It's funny. You know, but because well, it's earned, but it's also character based. Yes. It's not superfluous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's how you earn it though. Like you have to have, you, you have to have the characters be characters, you know, and if you're just forcing a character to do things in order to, you know, follow a plot, then it's just, it's, you know, it, it's not earned. Then what you're seeing is just you know a puppet with strings pulling it, and you're not you don't feel connected to it because the character's not making choices. They're not following themselves. You know, and so these movies always feel like the characters are filled out that their cho- their choices are their own. You know, and you understand why they make choices. You understand why Steve Rogers does what he does because his character is so well established, and they don't change it. They don't suddenly just go, okay, no, he's like this now. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, now he's breaking people's arms. You know, like, no, they don't, you know, he's, is who he is and they're not going to change it. And so the writers have to work within those frameworks, but it pays off for them because the more restrictions you have sometimes with, with what you're writing, the better your writing will be because you have to think more to make it work. You know, these movies, I always feel like everyone was thinking and I've complained about the DC films feeling to me like they're kind of half baked. Like they got so far with the story and then they just went time to film. We don't Mm -hmm. have to, you know, we'll fix it in edit, which is impossible to do. And they also always feel like they don't want to do the thing they're doing. Mm. Like, you know, it's an embarrassing idea. Like, yeah. Superman's silly. Yeah. But what if he was real? Well, they'd be like this. And it's yeah. like, wait a minute. Yeah. He's not what real. What was the first thing you said? <laughs> it's like, this silly. Or, or, you know, as, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. But who was the person who, um, who, uh, you know, uh, directed Watchmen? Zach, uh, Snyder? Zack Snyder, yes. Zack Snyder. <laughs> Teamwork. Said, if you don't think uh if you don't think Batman kills, you know, you're living in a dream world uh-huh. or living in a fantasy world. It's yeah. like Batman is living in a fantasy it is a, world. Yeah, it is a fantasy he world. fights yeah. a clown and a lady that dresses yeah, like a yeah. cat and he's, he's you know, fantastically wealthy. His best friend is an alien. It's like, yeah, stop it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh and, and there we go. That's uh, what makes it great. I mean that's why I love what we were talking with a guest a little while ago on, on Sneaky Dragon, and he was talking about George Miller's plans for a Justice League film. And one of my favorite things he talked about was the Fortress of Solitude having a replica of his the farmhouse, the Kent farmhouse yeah. in it. And that just made me so so happy with that idea of of that connection, you know, like 
or there's going to be a movie coming out pretty soon, which looks really interesting, Brightburn, mm-hmm. where we have sort of a Superman character, but without that moral compass of, of Superman. And the moral compass comes from the Kents. They're the ones who raised him from a baby. You know, he's not, he's not that way because he's Kryptonian, because that's nothing. Is that right? Kryptonian? Yeah. That what he is? I wasn't sure if it was Kryptonitian or whatever. Nope. Kryptonian. Then he would be made of Kryptonite. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Kryptonian. You know, it's because of this moral grounding that he got from from them that makes him who he is, and that's why that house sitting in the Fortress of Solitude is so great. Whereas in Man of Steel, there's no there's no grounding and there's no moral grounding. Like Pa Kent, in every way, dissuades him from from making heroic choices mm-hmm. and being who being someone who's better than. Yeah, and Jor-El he, doesn't necessarily want to be a hero, really, either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jor-El is a is a real son of a bitch who sends like this baby <laughs> that can kill the world yeah. to Earth and is responsible for all the horrible things that happen because you know uh, other Kryptonians now follow and they uh, really screwed up our city. Thanks a lot, Jor-El. <laughs> yeah, asshole. <laughs> nice job. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. So the you know so the problem there, like the problem with Superman in that film, is that. The choices he's making don't make any sense because there's no grounding for the character. Mm-hmm. Like, why is he making good choices? There's no reason for them because, you know, like, just because, you know, like, if there's no reason for your character to be who he is, then, you know, like, I think most of the time when we watch films nowadays with superhero movies, we don't want origin stories because they're boring. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, without the origin story, you don't understand the motives of the character. Like, if you didn't have Captain America's, what I think, kind of a tepid, first film uh you but you wouldn't understand why he makes the choices that he makes his experiences or what it sets up the heart sets up the heart of this film i had a date that's that's a great ending to a mm-hmm. movie and it explains so much of all his choices after that you know you, have, you so understand that character why he reacts why he interacts with people the way he does why he makes the choices that he does everything is in that first film you know He's about standing up to bullies. You know, the uh, scientist is uh, saying, you know, the most important thing is that he's a good man. Yeah. You got to keep being a good man. Sure. And yeah. yeah. The, uh, so we also, we also go to uh, the 70s. Uh, in, yeah. Oh, that's in right. Film yeah. As well. 1970. Yeah. Yeah. We go into 1970 where we get some nice cameos by uh, Michael Douglas in kind of a China Syndrome uh, look. Yes. And a kind of chi- China Syndrome action. Everyone gets some. You know what? It would be more Streets of San Francisco if it was 1970. Yeah, that's true, but he looks more like he does in China Syndrome. <laughs> yes. And uh, we get a lot of nice cameos. We get Robert Redford coming back yeah, as his character yeah. uh, from uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, and yeah, this takes place around the Winter Soldier time. Sure. Uh, or in the Winter Soldier location where uh, you see uh, this bunker uh, in Winter Soldier and he goes down. It's a aban- long since abandoned, but yeah. no, it's very active. Yeah. And in there is working, uh, yeah, Michael Douglas's character, mm-hmm. Hank Pym. You yeah. also see Peggy Carter. So we get a nice little scene. Sure between uh steve rogers looking at the glass through her and it's a nice little thing there where you're going like well this is what we're going to get with this yeah because you're like well we got to see peggy carter we've seen peggy carter we're done with peggy carter will we see her later we'll talk about that later (laughs) but it feels like they've hit that beat yeah so good good on them for that and then when you think that's all done uh tony stark who has also uh, got the whole idea behind this is they've got to go and get some more pim particles because that's how they can quantum travel because you can only quantum travel when you're shrink- i know it's all bullshit who cares but well, the whole they all- lost the tesseract yeah, so they need to right. go back in time to where that's, 
That's to right. find it again. There was a there was a big mix em up. And Loki get... ends up getting uh, the Tesseract again and vanishing. What happens to Loki? We don't know. Uh, setting him up for crazy Loki adventures, probably in a TV series to follow. No, he's he's got, got it. he has to be gone. Nope. Why? Nope. Loki Loki gets the Tesseract and vanishes. Yeah. yeah. So that Loki is now oh, I see. off doing whatever that Loki mm. does. Mm. Um, and Loki does have a TV series coming up in the, uh, oh, okay. the Disney okay. streaming thing. So, you know, we can, we have, we've got uh, a spare Loki running around mm. if you want. That's fine. Don't like it. It's fine. Everyone likes Loki, so they're happy to see him back. <laughs> uh, but we're in we're in the in 1970, and uh, Tony Stark, while trying to get the Pym particles and gather, well, he was gathering something else. He was gathering the Tesseract. This is all confusing. It doesn't matter. The important thing is the emotional scenes that we're playing here, and the emotional scene we're playing here is yep. that he meets his dad, who he's always had huge mm. issues with. Yeah. And yeah. they get to talk, both of them, about being uh, parents. Yeah. Uh, Howard Stark is is about to become a parent. Uh, Tony has been a parent, and so they get to uh, talk and 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 cross those T's. And and it's a very nice scene. Yeah, it's good with John yeah. uh, Slatter, Slattery. John Slatter, Slattery, yeah. yes, you're correct. And there's no discussion of how he uh, turned into John Slattery from being that other actor who uh, played Howard Stark because they radically don't look like each other. You know, oh, from the, the from the Peggy Carter series. Yeah, the guy who also plays mm-hmm. Preacher, who's uh, who I completely forget the name of, but uh, he's a very good actor. Yes, uh, he's Dominic Dominic. Yes, Dominic. Yeah, I know he Dominic is hardly <laughs> the thing to get me to remember his name. He's also uh, Willoughby in uh, in Sense and Sensibility. He's also the 2008 every- one. He's also everything, um, but very nice <laughs> little romp around the 70s as well. Sure. So they've got now more of their time travel juice, but. But while all this is going on, oh, who finds out, as you said, that uh, that this is all going on but Thanos. So now Thanos is going to yes. uh, show up on Earth early. And, uh, oh, well, we oh, have, boy, we, have Nebula dis- we have Nebula disguise herself as her future self. Yes. So we have past Nebula disguised as future Nebula, and she uses the, the quantum time thingy, the quantum leap machine, to bring... Thanos and his giant spaceship into into the now into into the present in the film, and uh, my first thought then was like, oh, here come all the CGI stuff, great. But instead, instead, they do blow up the entire Avengers headquarters in a spectacular way that I thought, oh, I guess they're dead because like, how did Ant Man survive like a full face face? But he wasn't wearing his costume or he had his costume on, yeah, but he didn't he have his, his helmet. helmet on. Yeah, he did didn't he? Did he have, I don't think he had his helmet on. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I don't remember his helmet being on. Mm. But he survived. Sure. Strangely enough. <laughs> Maybe it reacts quickly, so... Maybe. It gets all shrinky-dink. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got a scene of them all trapped and fighting for their lives and stuff like that. We have that. a nice so, scene with uh, Hulk basically trying to, like, almost carry the entire uh, rubble of the mm. uh, of the headquarters yeah. uh, while water is filling up and it looks like, you know, uh, yeah. who's down there who's going to drown? Is it, It's Rocket Rockets and, uh, and, uh, and uh, War, War Machine. Machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're down there. And meanwhile, uh, Hawkeye, who has, has the... Um, did we mention that uh, they snapped... I guess we didn't mention that, did we? Okay, yes. Sorry, when they got around. back, we don't all, have to be completely. They got back uh, with all yeah. the stones. Yeah, yeah. We don't have uh, to be. gave the uh, Infinity Gauntlet to. We're uh, assuming. Hulk, we're assuming. Hulk the snaps his yeah, fingers yeah. to bring everybody uh, back, mm-hmm. and uh, hurts and, himself. Yeah, and you're wondering like how how will you show this? And the answer is you don't. And they actually showed it in a very nice way, which was just a phone started ringing, and Hawkeye could see that it was his wife who had died, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
it was yeah just a nice little emotional scene it's like yeah. that's all you need we don't need to see like uh like all the Everyone. ashes reassembling yeah, yeah. or people appearing in a burst of light yeah it's like nope they just came back mm-hmm. so that's fine and you feel like well this is pretty much the end of the movie everything's fine and that's yeah when the, when the headquarters <laughs> blows up no it's nice they give yeah they give a nice little uh break and then you get a scene that's reminiscent of uh, iron man 3 where the headquarters get completely destroyed by mm-hmm. by missiles from the sky and thanos returns and i but like i said earlier i really appreciate that they kept it personal they kept it small through this whole sequence of the film so we get in, individual acts of her- heroism we get captain america being brave we get iron man being brave we get the bravery of the characters who are stuck thor, in the, yeah. and thor and Yes, and we have this great, you know, kind of battle with with Thanos. By the way, I did like as well when the drowning was going on. Rocket is panicking. Yes. Yeah, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Yeah, he's he's, he's he, being crushed he, by something. Yeah, he is. Uh, and then later, he's like starting to drown. Rocket gets scared when he's about to die. Mm-hmm. That's like a thing that he's always had. Yeah. And it's like he's not necessarily the brave hero. No. He's he's you they, know, the guy that, scrambling to survive. By the way, that is brave though. What's that? To be frightened and still and still uh until go forward yeah that's right forward. but he always is uh, scared yeah, yeah yeah no it's good it's a good character thing uh it, and it pays off always with him speaking of panicking i do like that also thor has a genuine panic attack yes ear- earlier on yeah. which was yeah. uh, which was nice to see mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's it's and a realistic panic attack like it was like yep that's what a panic attack is mm. like it's yeah once again like these are earned moments where you understand why the characters are making the choices they're making and why you know like when when Thor panics and runs away from and leaves Rocket to carry the ball by himself to, you know, do the mission they're on, you know, you, you know, you're maybe a little disappointed, but you're not angry at him. You understand what his character is going through, you know? And so when he has this discussion with his mom, it, you know, this heartfelt discussion, it, you know, it really is affecting, you know? And, uh, let's, let's just jump ahead a little bit to the, the, the sort of penultimate part of the film where, um, there's the battle for the glove. The glove basically becomes like a football and is carried right. by character after character. We're so playing, we're playing with a very similar scene that we had in the last movie. Now, how will it be different? You yeah. know, with, with, uh, with, with these characters, we'll mm. be able to pull the glove off. We'll yeah. be able to get it yeah. from him. Yeah. Exactly. And, and after, you know, uh, Black Panther carries it and Spider-Man carries it and, Captain Marvel carries it, and we have a nice little sequence there with all the all the female characters coming together in order to kind of push forward, push forward through. The, yeah, that is a very nice scene where you just see basically almost every female character, yeah, like yeah. you know, standing side by side. Mm-hmm. Pretty great. And Did you mention, by the way, um, uh, the scene with Captain Captain America? Uh, kind of a big character moment for him. I don't think so. Where uh, he picks up Thor's hammer. Oh yes, that was a great moment. <laughs> yeah, and I love that Thor is not angry about it because yeah. in the in the Ultron he's like a little worried. Yeah, when it kind of quivers and and it kind of starts and he's kind of like oh oh, but in this film he's like I knew it, and it's just great and he's yeah. happy because earlier he and when he's in the past he summons the hammer he does not feel that he is still worthy or he's not sure. But that he, when he grabs it, he knows yeah. he is. Yeah. And the hammer still, I'm as worthy. much as his mother uh, thinks he's still yeah, Thor yeah. and good, the yeah. hammer 
That's Since positive evidence. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. still good. But yeah, Captain America picks up the hammer and just and wields it. Wh- yes. whacking uh, yeah. Thanos pretty good, which is uh, a g- very, great scene. Very gratifying. Because Thor also has like his Stormbreaker axe still. Mm-hmm. So the two of them can work together. At one point, they actually realize they've got each other's kind of thing. And they just swap and make sure that uh, Captain America has the smaller one, as, uh, yeah, as yeah. Uh, Thor says. So it's, it's, it's a sweet scene. And... Let's just take a brief moment just to say what a great job Josh Brolin does as Thanos. Mm-hmm. Like he brings such, you know, such um, gravitas, or if you want to call it that, to the character. It's a believable feeling of of villainy, but yet this kind of weird self righteousness of what he's doing is absolutely right. Like he sees no nothing wrong in what he's doing. Well, what he what you know? he's learned, he like, he's always arrogant. Yeah. But like what he learned with the time travel uh, thing when it was revealed what the future was. Yeah. Because he was because his future self says something along the lines of. Uh, I'm inevitable. Yeah. And then he realizes, well, I'm inevitable. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So when he does come to Earth and he's sending Nebula off to find the stones, you're like, what are you going to do? I'm going to sit and wait. Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. I've got all the time in the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to win this. I know I'm going to win this. There's no way I can't win this. It's already been proven. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to wait for these guys to come to me. I'll beat them up and then it'll happen. And then, mm-hmm. you know, later on, we'll see he's, what happens. He's pretty close to being right. I mean, it, he's not an easy uh, mm-hmm. villain to defeat. That that's also what makes him good. Um, yeah, we finally have the glove. Well, Thanos does get the glove, mm-hmm. but Tony, in, in his Iron Man costume, is able to strip the jewels from it, the Infinity Stones, I should say. And somehow, who knows how these things happen in these movies. Somehow they magically attach to his own glove mm-hmm. on in the Iron Man costume. And he, he snaps his fingers and changes... Does he snap his fingers? Yes, he snaps yeah. his fingers and basically wishes away Thanos and With the line, all the evil. You know, I, he said because Thanos says, "I am inevitable." Yeah, and snaps his fingers and nothing happens. Yeah, and then he says, "As you would, I am Iron Man." Yeah, and snaps his fingers, and we have we have Thanos uh, disappear, and then Iron Man in a what I thought was a very affecting scene um, played really well between Pepper Potts and and uh, well between. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow and and Robert Downey Jr. a great a, a worthy death scene for Iron Man. You know? Yeah, I was, uh, she, he says, yeah, Peter Peter Parker's there giving it. Yeah, yeah. It, it goes through like his friends, and he then eventually becomes the you know the him with with Pepper, and that was where I kind of lost it, and it was uh, just because it's a personal thing. You lost it. I kind of lost it. Yeah. You mean you didn't you you didn't no, like no, that part I'll, of the film? No, I'll explain why. Okay. Um. Uh, cause, uh, Pepper says that he can rest now. Yeah. Which is the last thing my mother said to my dad. Okay. When he, when he was passing away. Okay. And he, uh, was in, you know, his last stages and it was just like, you know, that was, that was what, that was what she said to him. And then, yeah. And then he went. Yeah. And it was like, it was the exact same words. Mm. And it was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. There, there was that. But it was a very sweet, I, very, yeah. very sweet scene. Yes, I got a bit verklempt as well during yeah. that secret. It's very, it's very affecting. And by the way, I did like that she came back in her suit of armor, yes, yeah. and joined the fight because yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, her Iron Man three suit. Let's let's hear it for Iron Man three. It's a, it's a, it's a better <laughs> film than people say. Here's the thing. This is a movie that it does a thing that's a good thing for later movies to do, which it makes the previous movies better. 
if you're watching a Thor 2 now, yeah, yeah. you're going to be like, oh, yeah. It yeah. just takes it up a notch. You're going to sure. watch Iron Man 3. It's going to take it up mm. a little bit of a notch there as well. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, you thought that some deaths were going to happen. You thought maybe Tony Stark was going to, you know, Tony I didn't was gonna... think that. I, I really, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to um, lose their major characters like that. Hmm. But they did. They killed off Black Widow, who's been, you know, since Iron Man 2. And yeah, Iron Man, Tony Stark, who's been the franchise basically yeah. since Iron Man, which is a big risk, really. If you think about it, for for Marvel Studios, one of your most charming character, one of your most charming character, someone who basically kind of created the template of how what the Marvel movie heroes were. You know, they're fast talking, uh, funny. You know, charming characters, vulnerable, but have yeah, flawed. vulnerability, flawed. Yeah, yeah that all the all the things you want in, in a character that that he was kind of the the beginning of it. And um, amazingly, that movie was made during the writer's strike, and so a lot of the film was was kind of uh, made up as, yeah. as they went along because they didn't have writers there to, to fill in little plot problems and things like that that cropped up in the film. And, and they had Robert Downey Jr., who's an amazingly great actor and also really funny, who's able to kind of be Robert Downey Jr. in a version that would make sense. Yeah. And add a lot of quips and add a lot of fun to, to his part in that film and kind of accidentally, intentionally set this great template for, for, for the films. And now the person who made the template is gone. From the series, and I thought that was very affecting. They had a, there was two things. One, in Age of Ultron, uh, Tony Stark has a vision where, um, where Captain America's there with a shattered shield and all this other stuff mm-hmm. is there. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was envisioning this scene. Yeah. So, you know, there was, I don't know if they ever really got into like why he was able to see the future or was it a connection with some of the stones or something yeah. that happened? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really sh- really sure with that, but they they paid that off well. And uh, a second thing, which I again cannot remember right now, so please go on with what you were about to say. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that I f- kind of feel though that the film kind of Return of the King did in the, at the end of the movie, where you had this incredible Big funeral. You had, did, but we didn't need the funeral because the funeral didn't make me more sad that he died. Mm. The, the 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 heartbreaking moment is him and Pepper. In his last moments, you know, and yeah, and to her... me, to me, that wasn't. They weren't going with the funeral to be heartbreaking. Yeah, to me, what they were going with with the with the funeral was, you see, you see t- uh, Tony's wreath going out yeah, onto yeah. the water. Yeah, and then you start seeing characters, and you start yeah. seeing more characters, and then you yeah. start seeing more characters, and more characters, and more characters, and it all came from him. This all started with Iron mm, Man. Okay. And look at what this has happened. You know, okay. that's the thing that you want. Kind well, of. It's nice a- that uh, Mar- Marvel was tooting its own horn at the end of the movie, but well, it's, as as the as the victim of it, I'm, I was less what, than pleased. That's the that's the point of uh, <laughs> that's the point. I think at this yeah. point is like looking back on the past and what's the future. Sure. And. Thanks for if, the chest beating, Marvel. If, yeah, but if you're at a funeral, what you what you want at a funeral is what uh, effect did this person have on the world? Yeah. And what effect this character had was launching every one of the characters mm-hmm. that you're seeing here. Sure. Even like Captain Marvel, who's kind of on her own, not friends with anybody. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Distant. Yeah. You know, different pairings, weird things. I think that I think there was a kid there who I think was the kid from Iron Man 3. So I was like, I wasn't oh, sure who he yeah, was, but it was sure like, either, but that, that would have worked for age-wise. Yeah, yeah, that makes and sense. And it's just like, these were all the, mm. all the people who yeah. exist right now in this Marvel Universe because of this character yeah, and what yeah, they did. Yeah. So, so that I thought was like, that was all right. Okay. That was, yeah. I, yeah. It's okay. 
okay you know as and i'm not i'm not emotionally invested in this moment so i just kind of like all right movie let's let's this really slow camera work here right. let's keep it moving and what and what tony did do was yes he snapped his fingers and uh much like uh half of the universe vanished in the last film uh uh, all of Thanos's army, yeah. and then Thanos vanished. I don't yeah. think we mentioned everyone showing up, uh, mm. which was you know, uh, yeah, all was, of the all of the good. wizards opened the portals, sure. and then every character that died yeah. shows up, as well as most of Wakanda mm-hmm, mm-hmm. show up and uh, and do battle with. And again, unfortunately, it's CGI thing versus CGI thing for the most part. <laughs> yes, very much so. But they do hit some nice beats. There's some nice and things. It's a, it's a visual smorgasbord. And if I can get the art book, I will, because I'm sure it looks beautiful. Uh, but it's just a it's spectacle. This is in yeah. comics. This would be the George Perez scene where sure. you see the infinite villains versus the infinite heroes. Yeah, yeah. And it's fine, but it's not necessarily what you've come for. But it's, it's a yeah, it's a it's, it's necessary. A, it's a giant kerfuffle. Right. So and it's okay, uh, you know. But what I prefer are the sm- the smaller sequences that highlight like the Scarlet Witch, you know, fighting Thanos yes. and getting her revenge on what what he did to Vision. That's that's good. Um, yeah, those you know, there's things that you know, there's lots of like standout moments in it that that I enjoyed, and there's lots of moments where you're just you know, it's just hard to you know, it's just a lot of characters. So <laughs> you're just you're just watching it. Uh, now now the other parts of the end of the film, I really I really like I really 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 like the actual ending of the movie though. Okay, I liked so, it because what was the, are we talking? Okay, do we want to go through all the different aspects of like the end of the movie, or do you uh, want to like okay, if you want to. <laughs> Well, we have Thor. We have Thor, uh, kind of wrapping up yeah. his his arc, uh, whereas he's the king of mm-hmm. uh, the new Asgard on yeah. Earth. Yeah, uh, makes Val uh, Valkyrie the queen. Yes, she's running things, and he goes off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. Asgardians of Galaxy, pretty good. Yeah, um, doesn't look like Gamora's with them. No, Gamora's not there because Gamora has no connection to them, no emotional connection to those people. Right. So she's a different Gamora. Kind of starting a little fresh with that. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. It will be interesting. And uh, okay, and then let's go on to the 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 ending ending that you're talking about. Well, so Frodo's in bed, and all the hobbits <laughs> come in, and they're like hopping on the bed, and right. then Aragorn comes in, and he's laughing, but of course you can't hear anyone. It's just the music swelling up, and then you're like, and everyone's Peter laughing. And, from the last and then movie? Gandalf comes in, and he's laughing too because someone made a great joke that everyone is chuckling at and having so much fun over. Oh, that laughs never stop. It's it's funny that you mentioned funny because they do have a really good laugh off between uh, uh, Quill and uh, or Star Lord and <laughs> Thor as to who's yeah. running things. Yeah, yeah, and it is it is pretty pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and it could actually be a sitcom where the credits then roll <laughs> that's right it's at the end of he-man yeah <laughs> and then um no we have a sequence where captain uh captain america is set back to the past in order to to restore all the jewels to the moments yeah that they were that they and he's he's from. told okay make sure you do this exactly right yeah are you going to set up a bunch of parallel realities yeah. alternate realities yeah. yeah so make sure you you do really get this right yeah like, all right yeah i'll be fine. i won't i won't be bad i'll just set up my own parallel reality <laughs> and so he doesn't return mm-hmm. everyone's wondering supposed why to come back in what five a mystery seconds. we have the camera Suddenly there's a guy sitting on a bench. He's probably been there the whole time, but who pays attention to some old guy on a bench when you're sending friends back in time? Sure. And, you know, we know who it is. It's Captain America. He's old. And he passes the torch, the Captain America torch, to 
to Sam, which yeah. I think follows in the comics footsteps there, right? Yeah, actually, he in uh, he has passed it to both Bucky and Sam at various okay. points. Okay. And if uh, if you uh, are a fan of the Invaders comic, uh, there was a, a Vader Invaders versus Avengers comic okay. where when Bucky is Captain America, he loses his shield. Uh, I'm there. And I'm trying to get the shield out of uh, some stairs that it was jammed into while Pia is behind me, uh, okay. encouraging me. And uh, and I can't do it. And then uh, Bucky grabs the shield and uh, I kind of back off because oops, oopsie oh. doodle. Yeah. So, is this like a uh, game? What's that? Is this a game? No, no. It's a comic book. Our oh. friend uh, Steve Sadowski uh, oh, used me as a model. Oh, okay. That's and uh, Pia. Yeah. So That's uh, cool. we, I had an interaction with Bucky yeah, when yeah. he was Captain America. Neat. It did not go well. He was very no. condescending to yeah, me. Said, and I could not uh, get the shield out of no, the you can uh, do it. thing. It's pretty heavy. It's vibranium. I don't know if you know. Right. That. So I'm just, I just wanted to mention the time that I met Captain America. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And so then we have a, a beautiful moment where we go back into the past, right. into the 1940s, and we just kind of have that nice so, slow zoom in on the house to the window, and we see uh, Captain America or Steve Rogers dancing with with peggy carter and then the movie ends yeah because he promised her a dance he did and he made uh, that promise happen and that was like the final thing that we really wanted like all mm-hmm. the promises were that were were, uh, were made were kept and that was a beautiful scene yep. the old age makeup and on, he, when, on steve oh, yeah. rogers yeah was that on chris evans or was that just a guy that looked like chris I evans think it and was they chris, did his voice i think it was chris evans it was that was a great effect it was that, really good that boy howdy when you see you can do it some people like oh man like if you look at uh, tilda swinton's makeup as an old man in suspiria mm-hmm. it's really good to the point where people didn't know it was uh, her they thought it was an, thought it was an old man because it really is really really good makeup like it can be done right if you get a good makeup but person steve, and give them the time steve rogers has had great effects yeah from the first captain america movie that's true yeah you know, uh, skinny to, skinny uh, steve rogers yeah this looked this looked bang on Mm -hmm. this was great and he had gone into the past yeah and he lived he lived a life much like tony had told him to do yeah and so that was great that steve got to have his life yeah and then it was really beautiful having that scene with him and and peggy and and i mean it did have a something that kind of bothers me which is the the need for continuity these movies can never really truly end so we have to have the passing of the torch to sam but it still feels earned Mm -hmm. in that sequence and and what most importantly to me, the movie actually ends. It ends in a way that's a, it has a, fi, a finality to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like next week, you know, like the way that in most like Civil War ends or whatever, right. like where it, you know, it doesn't really end. It just sort of, just sort of slowly comes to a creeping stop and then the, then the credits start because you can't end the movies because we have to set up the next film. But this movie doesn't feel like there's a setup to it. It feels like a really, really, a real ending to, to this marvel phase uh and uh i i really like that i liked finally we get an ending i felt i was really the point where there was no uh there was no over the credit sequence yeah and that was... there were just some very nice credit sequences mm-hmm. with like the signatures of the main avengers and it was all it was all very very nicely done yeah. and i don't know did we mention the stanley uh cameo which no we didn't was also very nice yeah him in this in the 70s mm-hmm. uh going by and it was just nice seeing a, a young 1970s as an angry stanley. as an angry uh Angry young man, Re- angry angry Republican voter. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's not. He's a he's a peacenik, right? Because he's angry yeah. that the I got to make love, up. not yeah. war. Yeah, make love, not war. <laughs> That's right. Uh, 
Yes. The the only thing that if they were going to put an end credit sequence on, what I would have loved would have been just to put the shawarma sequence on again <laughs> as just like the, the end of the film. That would have been a nice sort of little coda to remember back to the, the happier times. And uh, then that's the end of it. Yeah. And what's next for Marvel? Well, they've set up. We know uh, Spider Man's coming back soon. But. Yeah, but that could be a prequel. Yeah, like they, we do get to see that Wakanda's happy again. We get to see mm. um, Spider Man. Uh, it was nice to see him more of Wakanda. his friend uh, again in school. Mm-hmm. Um, the prob the problem that you got now is they've set up such a big idea that how can you be a regular world now to do anything else in it? Yeah. Like with the idea that half of the world is now five years younger yeah. than the other than the other half of the world. Yeah. You know, they vanished and then they uh, they came back. Um it'd be it's it's an interesting idea on other planets, mm-hmm. you know, where the people would have come back and like, well, what what happens now? What yeah. happens there? They don't know that they're superheroes who just did this and didn't. Yeah. All of a sudden, these people that vanished came back in five years. How does that affect your culture? Sure. What does what does this do? And also, how many people on Earth moved on? Yeah. Because it's five years later. Are you going to like stay single for those five years? Mm-hmm. You might start another family. You might do other things. It's like there's that is a huge idea to leave hanging. You know, a half of the school, you know, that uh, Peter Parker goes back to. Uh, is, it, it, they've already graduated. Yeah, they've already graduated. They're gone. Yeah, they're into the workforce. Yeah. What, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. Or on shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or yeah. whatever, uh, or Runaways, what are they What are they going to do? I don't know how Spider-Man can be a prequel when he has the, the full-on costume for it. The full-on Spidey costume. Mm. Not, not his not his kid, not his hoodie and... and uh, well, you know, no, he gets, at the together. very end of Spider-Man Homecoming, he gets his regular suit back from Tony in a bag. It's like, you've earned this. And then he puts on the suit, and that's when Aunt May sees him. So he's in his proper Spider-Man But no, costume. but he's wearing the, the, the high-tech one in, 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 in this new one, isn't he? He's not, uh, he's not, not wearing the... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I thought don't. he was wearing the high-tech one. I don't, I don't think so, but maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I know I they were like saying they were going to do a Black Widow movie. I don't know what they're going to do about that. I know they're <laughs> talking about doing a uh, WandaVision uh, TV show with like uh, Wanda and the Vision. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Okay. Because the Vision doesn't come back. Uh, so, so yeah, maybe it's, maybe these were like false leads. They could have been false leads. That, uh, so. that, uh, you know, but, but I would say they'd be in a bit of trouble with the Black Widow one because they've been promising that for so long. Yeah. That, oh boy, if they don't do that one, there's going to be some people that are going to be annoyed. I guess, I guess it depends where Scarlett, uh, Scarlett Johansson is in her contract. Mm-hmm. Because that's also part of this thing is you have, you've signed up for a certain number of movies and they've certainly used her. In a lot of different, in small role, in, in small roles in a lot of films. Mm-hmm. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, I know. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of dummy scripts uh, f- flopping around, <laughs> uh, even with the actors, uh, so as not to spoil things. And I was not spoiled. You know, no. I spent a lot of time online, and I I didn't know what was going to go on. I didn't even watch one trailer for this movie. I suspected there was going to be some time travel uh, stuff. Mm. Uh, but, uh, aside from that, no dice. I had to do a parody of it for Mad Magazine. Yeah. And, uh, went in a very different, uh, r- road, uh, than, than they went. <laughs> yeah. a, a little bit the same with the, 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 the Ant-Man idea, but, you know, there you go. I was going for comedy, though. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going, we're, we're having sure, a good sure. time here. Yeah, we're not you, trying to do we're a not, thing. Wait, who are you? Nostradamus? 
Yeah, but once again, a lot of big ideas. Yeah. Uh, they pulled it off. Very grounded, small scenes. A lot of huge scenes. A lot of uh, nice tribute to the past without uh, mm-hmm. being too self-congratulatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all in all, I will uh, I will go back and I will see it again and uh, enjoy watching it again. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a long film. Do you think it was an okay length? How how was it for you? Didn't feel long to me. It didn't feel long to me either. No. I, it was at, again at the end of all this. You want all of it. Yeah. So. I mean, I'd be shocked if there was uh, deleted scenes that they they have on future DVDs. I don't know how they would be able to do that, but maybe they do. What do you mean, add stuff into the movie? Well, uh, I I would be surprised if there was like a whole bunch of deleted scenes because it seemed like everything led into everything. Mm. It would be weird. I can't see where they'd stick bonus scenes. Yeah. you know, that's this is fine. Yeah, it was a good it was a good length. How about, uh, how about uh, Aunt May? Chairs. How about Aunt May weirdly crying too much at the funeral? Oh, hmm. Well, I wonder what... Uh, okay, she, He was there, but she was just standing there. Do you know what I suspect with that is uh, is because he was so close to uh, Peter yeah. um, that when Peter dies, I would be surprised if a guy who is a billionaire didn't in some way then try to help Aunt May out. Like, yeah, it would be possible. weird if he would just let her, ah, let her still be poor. That's <laughs> fine. Like, it would be weird if there wasn't yeah. something that he didn't keep in touch with her or try sure. to help her out in some ways. So I'm sure they had some sort of relationship over the last five years that would make sense then mm. that uh, she would be at the funeral and, and caring. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is a thing, though, where uh, everyone's at uh, Tony Stark's funeral, and if you uh, took a look around, you'd go, like, oh, I guess I know the secret identity of everybody. <laughs> That's good to know. Hey, Peter Parker's there. That's interesting. Hmm. Wonder why Peter Parker's at uh, Tony Stark's funeral. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Just make a note of that. Good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really talk very much about Captain Marvel. She is in the film and not in the film in the same at the same time. She's above it all. She is very much above it all. She's got a different job to do. She yeah. will show up when necessary. Yeah. She delivers a real coup de grace to mm. a giant ship. She's, her, her thing seems now to be blowing up giant spaceships. Yeah, that seems to be She knows thing. how to do that. It's almost as if they've created their, a Superman problem with that character, mm. where it's she's so powerful that what do you do? What do you do with this character who can fly through a spaceship and not, it's not, no, big, no big whip? Mm-hmm. Just flew through a spaceship or one or two of them and uh, caused them to blow up. And I like that Rocket makes fun of her haircut. She gets a haircut at one point, <laughs> yes, and Rocket, does. like the mean kid in high school, goes, eh, get yeah. another haircut. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. No, uh, I would highly recommend this film to anyone who's already seen it because I assume that you're listening to this show, you've already seen it because we have massively spoiled it for you if you haven't. And I apologize. If you thought walking into this that we were going to pussyfoot around it, no, we gave away everything. Right. And because uh, that, that's we're the fans planners, and that's that's and kind of what we do. And I don't think there was any part of this movie that I would I would feel like I needed to fix. Really, I might you know I complained about the funeral part of the end. You made a good case for it, and and even if I'm as a as a person who's not as as um what's the word as as in in you know what something or other, I'm not as invested invested in in the the continuity of these movies. Sure. You know, so I'm like watching these characters. And I'm kind of like, mm-hmm, all right, move it along, movie. But that, you know, that's fine. I mean, if it's if a movie needs these moments for the audience to to sort of celebrate the these characters that they love so much and have watched over these many years, that's fine. The one thing I would say, I'll be I could, less impatient. I could, and again, I took two bathroom breaks, so maybe I missed something that I that I would have the liked fl- to the s- flying dog. Ooh. Was there was what? underdog in this? <laughs> That's nice. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure 
Disney owns the rights to Underdog now. How could yep. they not? Yeah. Um, but uh, I would like to have seen more of a scene with Rocket. Yeah. Uh, when the Guardians show up and his reaction, because his whole thing is he's lost his family. Yeah. Basically, there. yeah. Especially um, Groot, who, mm-hmm. if you believe the Russo brothers, and why wouldn't you? Uh, uh, Groot's last words to Rocket in Groot speak yeah. were calling him father. Okay, and so you know that's their that's their relationship. Yeah. Uh, so basically, his son comes back. Yeah. And he's he's glad to see him, but he's not. You yeah. know, it, it, for a very emotional character, he does not really have a beat there where like he sees Drax and he sees Mantis yeah. and he sees Star Lord come yeah. back. His family just showed up sure. again, and he, who he hasn't seen for. Five he should have been more angry at them. <laughs> Yeah, he should, in Rocket form, he should have acted like he didn't care. Yeah, exactly. But then but he would have been a, really, really like deep yeah. down. He's so happy to see. Them. Yeah, he would have been. No, yeah, it would have been like. Yeah, he should be mad at them, but crying. Yeah, you know, or at least like like have that kind of catch in your throat. Yeah, that, just like you know, trying not to, yeah, to yeah. show it. <laughs> you know, what time you showed up? Or a le- sniff. Yeah, we've been doing it all our own. Or or at the end when. The Guardians have reformed and yeah. are now the Ask Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Just have a little something with him where, like, he is now home again. Mm-hmm. This is where he's most comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And also his new best friend, Thor, is also coming <laughs> along. So it's, it's pretty good for him yeah, all the way yeah, around. Yeah, he is. Uh, he has lost one of his, his friends. But, uh, but, but, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they go with, like, all these other movies. I want to see where the next Black Panther movie goes. I want to see the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Let's see yeah. where Captain Marvel goes after this. Yeah, I'm really uh, curious with Captain Marvel. I feel like that character is, they've set up a very difficult character to, to rate. Mm-hmm. Just because it's, she's so powerful. Like, what, what do you do with a character that powerful? Like, mm-hmm. what, you know, what makes Spider-Man so great is how vulnerable he is. He's a young person. He's, you know, he's not wearing armor. He's very, he's very vulnerable. Uh, whereas that her character is so is so invulnerable that yeah like you got to make an emotional you have to make an emotional thing yeah for sure that's right yeah yeah that makes we'll see if they can do it and we'll see what they can do with their infinite television series (laughs) and will people get tired of this uh within a year or two or three or whatever we'll see um and i really am curious to see where they're going to go with agents of shield Mm. because now this has to exist in a world where every again this five-year thing which is just like geez what you gonna yeah, do? Yeah. Uh, but let's. Uh, I'm sure they've got a plan and they're gonna do something. Mm-hmm. So l- let's see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I assume that they lost people and found them again in in, in Shield as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Curious. curious. We'll uh, we'll see movie. But those of you that uh, that have seen it already, what did y'all think? Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I, what I've seen online is mostly uh, from from regular movie reviewers, uh, huzzah! Yeah, and from a lot of comic book sites, eh, you know, it's all right, it's good, it's flawed, it's yeah, it's yeah. yes and it's no, it's yeah. up and it's down. It's the it's the last Jedi effect that in action here, where people people have spent a year formulating theories. And thinking about how, where this movie is going to go and, and speculating. Mm-hmm. And when it finally comes out and doesn't meet their speculations, rather than being pleased that a film w- would have the imagination to go in, pla- in ways and places that we didn't expect, yeah. we're angry that it didn't follow some sort of template that we'd already figured out. Uh, and I would say that's called the last Jedi effect. It could be. My little fan thing was like, I thought because Groot, uh, cut off his arm to make the, uh, handle of the, um, of the hammer. Mm. And we can see how, how you can grow a, a new Groot from any part of him. Yeah. Well, they could have a, you could have another Groot. Oh, There's okay. no reason not to have another Groot. Sure. But no, 
nope, none of that. Just <laughs> Thor's drinking and, uh, as you say, fighting online trolls. My gosh, that's good. <laughs> if they're not going for that, then, then, oh, that's, that's so good. Pat yourself on the back for that. Uh, but yeah, we would love to hear from you and what, uh, what you thought. Yes. And if you'd like to write to us or speak to us, there are ways to do that. How? Well, our flagship podcast is called Sneaky Dragon. So if you go to our website, sneakydragon.com, you'll find a place underneath this uh, podcast where you can write comments. We'd love to hear from you there. We have an email address. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We are on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. We are on Facebook at sneaky dragon. And, oh, I forgot I was going to put, I was going to do a Facebook page, wasn't I? I forgot about that. We have a Facebook page for fans <laughs> It's okay. I still haven't put up Shazam yet, so so it's fine. We're still we're still ahead of the game here. It's all yeah. it's all good. Sure. So uh, if Facebook yeah. is still around, I'm sorry that I'm I'm sorry I'm pulling the curtain back and revealing the wizard. But it's ignore the wizard behind the curtain that Toto's pulled away. Uh, the band Toto, not the dog. <laughs> um. So yes, everyone. And uh, please, please, please write us and. Uh, and also, if you get a chance, uh, if you're on iTunes and you get a chance to uh, give it a little review. Oh, yes. First of all, you know, the old subscribe thing always helps us. But uh, any kind of review really does help point people towards the show, mm-hmm. which uh, helps us out. Yeah, even just rating it, even giving a star rating of five is a perfect way to say thank you for your for your time and effort, gentlemen. Here's my trivia for you about the film. Okay. Who's the only uh, actor to uh, have read the entire script? The only actor to have read the entire script? Yeah, who was allowed to read the entire script? It must have been Robert Downey Jr. That's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> he was the only one who got the entire script huh. and knew what was what was going to happen. Wow. Yeah. Do they say why he was given that uh, privilege? Uh, I think because his story arc is through the whole thing. Yeah. So he, he needs he to needs know where to have, it was going to go. He needs to have the emotional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He needs to have the emotion to follow the story. Yeah. And everyone else. Nope. They okay. just kind of got their bits and wow. let them know what's what. That's great. Yeah. That's fun. On um, Jack Black's uh, channel, uh, Jablinski Games, he was trying to uh, grill Karen Gillan, who they're currently filming uh, Jum- Jumanji three, and he was trying to grill her on on some get some back stuff on on uh, Avengers Endgame, and she was not biting. So, uh, yes, those people uh, probably and probably even if she wanted to to pass on some stuff, she wouldn't really she wouldn't have know. much. She wouldn't have much to definitely. Tell. Mark Ruffalo uh, doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That'd be kind of as an actor that would be interesting to go to a film that you worked on that you spent a couple of months working on and go and see it and go like oh this is what it's about oh okay yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize huh well that's fun that's pretty much like what it was like uh, with like Woody Allen movies like he would always just give people their uh, their lines that's a lot of like an indie filmmaker kind of thing to do mm. oh by the way uh, this was uh, I'm trying to remember remember her name but one of the women from Community it continues uh, the line of characters from Community appearing in uh, in Russo Brothers uh, Marvel movies, you had in uh, in uh, Abbott. Uh, the oh, that's Abbott. right. So we had uh, you we had, had the Dean. Yeah, uh, yeah. Abbott was in um, uh, the Winter Soldier, I believe. Okay. Uh, then you had uh, the Dean in Civil War. Okay. I forget his name. I'm yeah. sorry. And uh, the woman who makes uh, Donald Glover uh, and Baker. Donald Glover and Spider Man. Donald Glover and Spider Man. That's yeah. correct. For yeah. some reason, I don't count him as community, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, yeah, uh, the we woman had... who's the the Baker uh, religious lady. Uh, yeah, I can't remember her name now. Yeah, was but, yeah. Uh, was in this. So, so yeah, all the community characters are uh, are coming coming out. Yeah, she did a good job in her role too. Yeah, really good job. Yeah, no, it was lots of fun. I I would definitely will see it again in five years. There you go. 
Uh, I'll see it again <laughs> or maybe probably sooner. as soon as I can. Unless someone at home wants to go with me, and I will definitely go see the game right yeah. away. Or one of you wants to go with uh, Dave. Let me know. Invite him to the movies. But please, <laughs> I can't stress this enough. Yes. Bring a pocket full of ketchup. <laughs> a pocket full of ketchup. Just in case. You they can, don't give you, you ketchup again. Bring a pocket full of packetfuls of ketchup. Oh, fancy need, man. Yeah, I don't want you carrying around pe- ketchup in your pocket. Why? You can do like a fake death scene. Yeah, you know, well, that's great. the problem. People think they're in a Sam Peckinpah movie. They wouldn't know what's going on. Mm. Anyway, uh, please also tune into our uh, Peckinpah podcast. <laughs> Peckinpah. Uh, pick a pack of Peckinpah. It's called <laughs> The Peckin Podcast. Also good. <laughs> I've been Ian. I've been David. This has been our uh, three hours talking about uh, Endgame. Bye, everyone. Ant-Man, Ant-Man, I know you know, I know you know that. It's the front door. That's me. Can you buzz me in?